Thank you so much, Pastor Bowen, and New Hope Church. Woohoo! It's great to be here with you. I'm already missing so much the, the team that uh, we were together last year, wasn't it? Um, who was on that missions trip to Rio de Janeiro? Hey, oh, hey guys. Oh, I can't wait to talk to everyone again. Wow, it is such, it's so awesome serving God with somebody else, isn't it? People maybe that you don't know. Oh, okay. There's Haley right here. She's right here in the front row. Wow. We had a great time, and I want to give you actually some updates. Do you remember we ministered at a place called the Lichon, which is, that's a Portuguese word, but it means a dump. Okay, a nice word of saying it would be, Philip told me to say, no, Renee, it's a landfill. Okay, well, the landfill. But it's nothing like you would imagine here in the United States, right? It, it is not. It's a dump. And so we went there, we ministered to people, and they, they live there. And what they do is they collect um, aluminum cans and plastics and anything else that they can do to maybe resell or use. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a rough place. And we, we ministered there. And there's a gentleman, he's running a ministry there. They managed to buy a piece of land. And they're in the process of building uh, a building that will cost them about uh, $18,000. And they're, they're coming up with a program to train the people, train them computers, and even like how to be a manicurist. Is that how you say it? Things that they can do to earn money. And because it's a really hard place, it's hard to get out of there. And so we're real excited. Keep them in your prayers. It's the the dump over in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> so, but they are, they, God is good. God is so good. And he can do the impossible. He can do the impossible. And I've seen it in my life. Those of you, Pastor uh, Bowen spoke so, he, he really knows the book. Okay. He knows my book. Um, but God, he just did so much. I want to wish you all dads here. Happy, happy Father's Day. And it is such an honor to be surrounded by men of God. And we honor you today. Thank you. I, I have a scripture verse that I want to share with you. And it's about um, what we have today to share is something. It's about persevering. And it's about looking at things in a, in a different sort of way. At, at times we are confronted by trials and battles and we're confronted by things that are disappointing and things that are not, that don't fall into, in, in our great expectations. But I want to read you this, this scripture. It says here in, uh, oops, I need my glasses. Forgot. Hang on. Here we go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 
Now, if you read my book and know you've, you've followed our ministry, I, I, I am healed. I am totally healed. But during the process, yeah, praise God. There you go, church. Praise him. He is so amazing. God is so amazing. But we all are confronted by tough times. We, we, we all do. Come on, raise your hand. We've all, we've all been there, done something like that, right? And, and so we, we can go through things. Sometimes even it, God is looking at, at, at our attitudes and, and how we go through it. I think, you know, with God, it's all about relationship with him. It's not really about what we can do well or what we can't or what we're best at and what, if we can make A's instead of B's. It's none of that. He is so about our relationship with him, right? And so we go through these trials and he's like wanting to say, well, how is she going to do? And so I remember um, this happened in October. November, I arrived home. And praise God, I was alive. They'd given me a short chance of living, but I, I was home. I was with my kids. We were talking and we were spending time together, and it was great. In December, I saw my neurologist, and he looked at my latest MRI, and he did the things doctors do. Mm-hmm. 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 And he closed it, and he gave it back to me. And he said, my work is complete. And, and I thought, what? What? Because I'm sitting there. This eye is looking that way. And this eye is looking that way. And I'm walking like a robot. Can't really walk properly. I'm, I'm talking, but not very well. And I thought, but I'm not finished. This is not how it's supposed to end up. But yet, what he was telling me, we walked away that day thinking, what, what could be done in the natural had already been done. And they, they did, did a fabulous, they, they treated me really well. But I was not 100% healed. And that's what I wanted. That was what God, that's what God wants for all of us. And so we're walking through this trial and the neurologist said that was it. So we realized the rest has to be with God. And we have to depend everything, our dependence is upon him. So we went home and Philip became my therapist. And so he said, no, we're going to go to the pool and we're going to do exercises. And he would, he looked on Google, all kinds of exercises for my brain. And he would take me to the pool. Okay, pat like this and wave like this. And and I I would cry and get really frustrated and we would fight a little bit and all that, you know. Um, And I would sit under the water on the steps and, and, and clap my hands under the water for about 30 minutes because this side of my, my left side was still paralyzed. I didn't have full move, movement. And so when we look at, at, at the scripture, you know, it says also in, in, in James, it says, count it all joy, the things we go through. Ever heard that scripture? Mm-hmm. I know you have, yeah. Count it all joy. And so God is so interested in your relationship with him and how you're going to go through hard times. So I kept doing my therapy. We got into therapy, right, Philip, finally? And I started therapy in January. In February was the first time I preached my, my testimony. In Portuguese. It's a miracle. Okay, to be honest, it wasn't that good. Okay, it was not that good. But I did it for an hour and a half, not good. And that's pretty good. That was long. 
It was long. Still was uh, okay, Renee. It's enough. It's enough. So, um, so God is interested in how we go through hard times. Isn't that right, Pastor? Right. Anyone here married to somebody that likes to talk a lot? <laughs> so, <laughs> so some of you guys, some of you fathers, can relate. By the way, Happy Father's Day. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's exactly right, Renee. You know, that, that verse you started off talking about the things that are seen and the things that are unseen, they're really two ways of looking at almost everything. Most, of, most things, you know, if, if you're married, you know that there are two ways of looking at things. You know, uh, your way uh, or your wife's way, which is always right. You know? and, uh, and, and some things... There is a correct way of looking at. There, there's some things that have a right side and a wrong side. You know, dinner plate has a right side and a wrong side. It does have two sides, but not every side is the right side. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today about making sure that in every circumstance, you choose the right side of the issue to look at it through. You know, a couple of interesting quotes here. There's a, there's a great quote by Winston Churchill who has some amazing quotes, by the way. If you like quotes, I do. Uh, He says, the pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Great, great verse. Not a verse, excuse me, a quote. But there's another another great quote someone said. Uh, It says, the optimist proclaims that we live in the best of all possible worlds. And the pessimist fears that this is true. <laughs> in other words, you know, some people say it just don't get any better than this. Other people say this is as good as it's ever going to get. And, and, and really, there are two different perspectives of, on looking at every single thing. You know, the Bible is very clear. Everybody's going to go through something difficult. Has anyone ever been through anything difficult here? All of us are going to go through difficult things. Hopefully, none of you go through the same difficult thing that I did with Renee. But the key... Uh, to so many things in life is allowing, is choosing the correct perspective in that difficult time or that difficult circumstance or or, or whatever it is. Choosing the correct perspective, making a decision to make sure you look at it through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of life, instead of through the eyes of death and the eyes of negativism. And really, I wanted to talk to you, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about those two perspectives and, and there's a great verse, a great uh, story in the Bible. I wanted to read it to you and then kind of talk through a couple of different perspectives. In Mark chapter 8, verse uh, 23, tremendous story about a blind man that gets healed. And it said, uh, uh, verse, verse 22, they came to Bethsaida and some of the people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand Jesus did, and led him outside of the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And when he looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. Now, just kind of, you know, travel with me a little bit and use a little bit of your imagination. Imagine you were this guy, or imagine this guy had had a kind of a negative way of looking at his, his circumstances. You know, one, one story, if he were to tell this story, uh, maybe he could have told it this way. You know, I was minding my own business. I was looking after my own life, really. I was, uh, you know, I just wanted a quiet, even, a quiet day at home alone. 
and you know wanted to watch Netflix or, or he's blind so he wanted to hear Netflix and 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 so he, he, but then some people that call themselves my friends they dragged me away from what I was doing they interrupted my my afternoon they interrupted my time dragged me away to go and watch this preacher called Jesus and so you know I went with them I really didn't want to go with them but they they, they messed up my day but I went with them and then when I got there uh, you know, I, th- I thought I was going to listen to it, but when I, when I got there, this, this, uh, this preacher, Jesus, called me out of the crowd, and he, he did something. He pulled me away from my friends. I don't know if you've ever seen any church growth kind of, uh, uh, you know, suggestions. They, they, if, if somebody brings a friend, you don't take the friend away from their friends and, you know, isolate them. But Jesus did, did that to this guy, and, he, you know, he could have said, well, and they pulled me away, and I know why he pulled me away. He pulled me away because he didn't want anyone to see that he was going to spit on me. And, and, you know, Jesus spit on a blind guy. It's just a really bad thing to do to a visitor. And, and, and not only that, but then Jesus did like the most politically incorrect thing you, could, you, can, you can think of. Jesus took the blind guy and said, uh, do you see anything? I mean, it's just a terrible thing to ask. Uh, and, and, then, and, then, and then he prayed for, for this blind guy. And imagine the blind guy telling it. And, and, you know, I did see differently, but people looked like trees. You know, I still couldn't drive. I still couldn't read. I still couldn't watch Netflix like I want to. I still, so you know what? It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth being spat on. It wasn't worth being pulled out. It wasn't worth Some people have an attitude like that to the things they go through. You know, they always look on the negative side. They always look on the side that closes the door on faith. And, and this, this, this man could have had a perspective like that. And I've, I've seen so many people that in any decision, they choose the, the, the bad way of looking at it. And in, in any situation, they choose the most negative. And it's almost like they get uh, a satisfaction from looking at how bad things can be. Looking at how, we're in, in Rio, we're praying for somebody right now. Uh, uh, one of the ladies that works at the church, her sister lives in England, and her sister has a very serious, uh, very serious, a very, very serious disease. And we've been praying for her, and her sister is so negative about everything. We're always being so positive. And uh, that she just got news, I think, the day before I left, that the tumor that she has had shrunk. And, and so we were rejoicing, you know, it's what we've been talking about. But, uh, you know, she says, well, it's only temporary. <laughs> and, and, and so, what, what I, you know, the other way this blind man could have looked at the same story is, wow, I'm blind. I probably beg for a living. But even so, I have some friends. Even though I'm blind, I have some friends that love me enough that took me from a situation where I was all alone and took me to a meeting where this guy, Jesus, was going to speak. And I went to this meeting, and I was hoping to be able to hear a, a great edifying sermon. But instead of that, the, main, the, the speaker, Jesus, decided to call me out of the crowd and, and, not a, and, and spoke to me. And he didn't just shake my hand and hug me. But he decided to personally, Jesus decided to personally intervene and speak to me personally. So much so he took me away from the rest of the people so he could have more time with me. 
Now, he did do something a bit strange. He did spit on me. But, but then I, I began to see. And, and not only did he pray for me, but he persevered in prayer for me. And now I'm totally healed. Can you see the difference in those two perspectives of the same facts? The same facts could be told in two different ways. Let me tell you something. Some of you, and I've been praying for you guys and praying for this meeting, and I've, I've been hearing a few things. I know some of you are going through some difficult times. Isn't that right? Some, some, of, you are, some of you need mega healings. Let me tell you something. I know God can heal. I know God can heal. But you know that when we go through times like this, we go through one of the things God does is that he uses difficult times to work on our character. Renee read that, that verse in, in, uh, in James. Let me read it here again. Trials and uh, temptations, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith How many of you have had testing of your faith? Thank God for testing of our faith. When you're in school and you go through a test, it's your chance to be promoted. Now, I've I've said this all the time, but the best three years of my life were in kindergarten. And really, I, I exaggerate, but two years. I did kindergarten twice. They said I wasn't mature enough. So I showed them. And, uh... I made it to third grade. Uh, they they uh, consider it because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Really, you know, Renee and I were talking about this, and we, we we realized the you know some of the things that Renee had had gone through and how it generated perseverance in her life. You remember the, some of those things? Yes. <laughs> Count it all joy. I love this. And I love the end of this verse. Let perseverance finish its work. You know, God wants to finish our work. Isn't that amazing? He loves us so much. If you did not know it, he loves you. And he, he loves us so much to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. And the last part, not lacking anything. Now, I remember in December... My, my eyes were not well. This one was looking that way and this one was the other. We received a, a call from a pastor, actually a, a woman. She came, she prayed for me, and she told me, in six days, Renee, your eyes will be healed. And so we were rejoicing. Wow, I had never seen something like that happen. I, I haven't, honestly, I, I've never seen anything like that happen. And we were actually wondering, why six days, right? I mean, you know, when you think, why? I don't know. God just knows these things. The sixth day, my husband, no, my son woke me up to tell me goodbye. He kissed me. He said, Mom, your eyes are normal. And everything I could see well, my eyes had gone back. They were healed on the sixth day. I even asked this lady. I asked her. I said, there you go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I even asked her, now, now this pastor, this woman, she does move in the gift of healing. She does. When she prays for people, they get healed. And I asked her, I said, why did you tell me six days? And you know what she told me? She said, 
Renee, I never tell anybody. I never give any time limit. I don't tell them they're going to be six days or six months or one year. She said, I have never in my whole life told that to anybody. She said, back when I left your house, I was repenting, saying, oh, God, please forgive me for telling her that. And I said, well, God has, he must have wanted you to say it because he wants you to know, too. And he knew that I was going to tell you that God knows what he is doing. And he has perfect timing. And he knows everything that's going to happen if we persevere. Amen? Amen. My eyes were healed, so I got better. I could walk better. I started walking. We went right back to the beach. Philip came with me the first few times. And I said, I want to go back there. I want to see where it happened. I want to see. And when we went back, there was still a blood stain on the, on the pathway there. And, and I'm not saying that to get creepy, but because I wanted to, to, um, to kill any kind of fear that the enemy would try to put on me. And so I went back. Today, I am still running in the same place. I still do the same thing. I run. So we had, I had things to get. I went to therapy, not only therapy with Pastor Philip, but real therapy. They taught me how to walk again. <laughs> He's good. If anybody needs him, he's available. Be prepared, okay? It's not easy. They taught me how to walk again, how to talk again, actually, how to relax, because everything was not right, you know? Um, in February, I was able to preach again. March, we traveled here. March 2013, and I saw you guys, and you saw me, and I'm a lot different now. Praise God. That was the early days. And just to let you know that my healing was, was gradual. You know, we, we, hear, we talk about Paul in Acts, and he, he was drugged out of the town as if he were dead. They prayed for him. The disciples prayed for him. He stood up. He walked back right to the same city that day. And the next day, he went to another city. I don't really consider that gradual healing. That is like total healing on the spot. But that wasn't my case. That's not what God decided for me. And that's okay. But I was going to persevere. In June, I traveled. Uh, no, July, I traveled with my daughter here. And I put her in faculty on a university. I, it was amazing. One year after the incident, I served Thanksgiving Day, which is important to us, right? I told Philip, oh, look, we are going to spend a lot of money this year. Because women like to do that, right? Um, I made four turkeys. Four. No, three. I'm sorry. I lied. Three turkeys. I served 37 people in my home that day. I made 19 side plates and two apple pies. Because you have to have apple pie, right? And so, And I'm telling you that. Because I want you to know and not doubt that when God heals, he heals 100%. And it's, and it's our, we have to stay with a good attitude. We have to want it. I cried. I literally cried praying. God, I want to be normal. I want to be 100%. I want to be able to wash dishes again. No woman ever prayed that. For sure. Absolutely. I, I prayed that. And... And he was praying. <laughs> and so today I can wash a lot of dishes, really. But it was a thing that I did, and you women can relate to this, a thing that I did, it was part of who I am, it's part of what I do. And the enemy tried to rob that from me. 
And I wasn't, I wasn't playing that game with the enemy. I said, no, I want to be healed 100%. I want the ugly stuff too. I'll take that too. Today, I'm training to run a 5K. Yay! God is good. God is good. God is so good. And we can't doubt. If whatever you're going through, it's not too big for God. It's not too big for him. And we have to remember that. It's nothing. It's not impossible for him. And I know we have difficult uh, things to overcome. I know we do. But don't give up. Keep going. Amen? Exactly. Any, I know many of you are going through a difficult time. Nothing is impossible for God. We're, we're going to pray for you at the end of the service. But uh, what you're going through, God can use it while you're going through it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Renee talked about things, producing perseverance in her. You know, obeying my, my uh, uh, you know, all my psych- uh, uh, physical therapy uh, commands. It's very um, hard. It's but, very but hard. I, you know, I, I changed also. I changed significantly through this. You know, uh, for the first, we've been married 22 years. So the first, the first uh, 19 to 20 years of our marriage, Renee served me hand and foot every single one of those days and in an amazing way. In fact, just to show you an example, which really is shocking, uh, for, for the first 19 to 20 years of our marriage, Renee brought me coffee in bed every day. Can you believe that? That's amazing. It's, it's really amazing. And then she got smacked in the head and I had to decide what I was going to do if I had to make my own coffee. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, I had to, and, and I made the decision that it was an opportunity for me to learn how to serve my wife. How about that, Father's on Father's Day? Uh, so so I, uh, I, I, I decided to focus on her. I, I had to hand over some of the day-to-day activities at the church and the other things I was doing. And I spent really the first 30 days, uh, all the whole time with her in hospitals in Brazil, even private hospitals. Uh, you have to have somebody there because the nursing staff does not look after every, every issue. You have to have somebody there. And I, and I was there uh, the whole time. And then after that, I worked and I, I studied on YouTube uh, uh, physical therapy and learned what the best things to do to, to help Renee recover. And we worked on that. And I hope there are no physical therapy uh, uh, professionals here because, you, you know, you'd be thinking, I'll take a job away from you guys. But, uh, uh, and, and then after that, as Renee started recovering, I decided to make it my mission to help her build her ministry. You know, and, and to provide, use my contacts to provide uh, places for her to speak and, and, and have somebody looking after her scheduling and really serving her. And, and let me tell you something, it, it, is, it really is a joy. We joke about me feeling like David Meyer, which I do. Usually she travels alone because my ego can't take it. Uh, but, but nevertheless, I'm still happy to see how, how the, the tremendous things God is doing in her life. And so all of a sudden from somebody that was just serving me, I, I, I learned so much through this. And I wanted to, we, we wanted to share some, some thoughts with you about how to make sure that in every circumstance of your life, you choose the life perspective. You choose the perspective of, of, of bringing life into it. And the first thing I, I'd like to say, the first thing is, you know, choose... Always go for the honest approach. I'll tell you something about honesty because it's, it, it really is a, a life message to me. You know, we, we get 
we, we have so many reasons to not be honest. We have so many reasons to not be transparent. But, you know, Jesus talked about himself and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so, uh, you know, I had to decide how I was going to portray what Renee was going through to others and how I had to portray it to my children and how I had to portray it to others. And I made the decision early on that I wasn't going to be fooled into a perspective of protecting other people and, and me being the strong person that carried the truth by myself. and protect, I decided to be, to be totally honest. Let me talk to you about honesty a second because this is important. Sometimes I, I decided to, as soon as Renee could understand, to let herself see herself in a mirror where she saw half of her head gone. If you go to, to uh, you'll see some of those photographs. It, it's amazing. In the book, I think there's some of those photographs. And, and, and I decided to allow that because I think that uh, as long as when you're honest, you're honest about even more amazing honesty, which is Jesus. And so it, in any circumstance you're going through, the, what the doctors say, that is true. It's important. There's, there's truth in that. But there's so much more truth in the truth, the person of Jesus Christ. And so don't be afraid of the truth that the doctors say. That, that does not have the power to pull the carpet from underneath you. It does not have the power. It is not greater than the person that you know, the truth, the way, and the life. And so, so focus on the truth. Always go for it. Second, second thing is, you know, I think that, that healing is, is a question of partnership. Maybe, maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the par- partnering with God for that healing, Renee. Well, as I, I spoke to you um, earlier, my, my eyes were healed, and, and that was a, a supernatural part of my healing. And through the whole process, I know there were days that I could I, I recognized that I was thinking more clearly, I was speaking more clearly. It was, it was a supernatural healing that was taking place. At the same time, I believe that God is not going to do what I can do. There are things that I can do. And that is one, I went to therapy. I, I, I played those games with words, like crossword puzzles, and to, to try to just reconnect my brain in any kind of way possible. Physically, I went to therapy three times a week. Uh, I was, they made me swim, uh, lift weights, um, learn how to walk again. It was a process because there was a part that I could do. You know, sometimes we, we pray for a financial miracle. We're having financial problems. And part of it, you know, we can ask, oh, God, do something supernatural. Give me more money. And that he can. He can. But at times he wants to see, what are you going to do? Okay, sweetie, you need to stop spending your money. Right? You know, it's, God is not difficult. But, you know, sometimes we have to really do what we can do and let God do the supernatural. Amen? And so we were in that stage. It was, I think, I would say it took me two years probably to be my thinking. I used to be very dizzy. I, I couldn't hang my clothes. 
I couldn't hang my clothes. You know, you wash the clothes. In Brazil, we don't really have dryers like they do here. It's so great. Just tuck it in the dryer. But in Brazil, we have to hang them all up to dry. And I would get dizzy, and I remember, oh, I just need a healing over this. Because I would lift up like this, and then I would feel the whole room just turning around. It was a gradual healing. Today, I can hang a lot of clothes, and nothing is okay. It was a gradual healing. But I, I wasn't afraid of the dizziness. I just kept doing it a little bit longer every time. I went to therapy where they, we did movements, and it was, it was a process. And... And I was willing to do what I could do and let God do the supernatural. Amen. Amen. So today I think the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you in your healing. You're almost like a silent partner, but you, your attitude has to be right to partner with him, to let him do what he wants to do. Amen. The the final thing I wanted to, to, to just kind of focus on is that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, we have to have the attitude that God is God. And, and God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we can ask or imagine. Really, I think that two types of people, we, we really wanted to pray. We want to pray for uh, all or, or any of you. And I think that they, they're probably two types of people that are here today. The first kind of person is somebody who really is going through right now a major need in your life. It might be a healing, and uh, it, it really could be a healing that you need, um, or it might be another area, a, a major need in your life. And we really want to pray for you for that healing, that God would heal you today or begin a healing today in your life. Amen? But there's another group of people uh, here that need a different kind of healing. And it's a healing of perspective, a healing of spiritual vision. You know, Paul, when he, uh, when, when he met Jesus, he had to have a healing of perspective and a healing of vision. In fact, he, he went blind, and then he had somebody pray with him, and scales fell off his eyes, and he could see things again, but he could see things in a new way. And I think that it is an example of sometimes the way we see things with an old, scaly, negative vision. And I believe that some of you guys today need a healing on, in the way you look at perspectives, in the way you see things, uh, in, in, in everyday things in your life. Let me just kind of end, end with, a, with, a, with a story here that happened a few years ago. We were in Brazil, and, uh, and we were working late. We preached on a Wednesday night, and we came home late, and I was tired. Renee was tired. And we had a babysitter who was visiting us from Memphis, Tennessee, and she was looking after our kids at home. We came home. I came right in and, and went straight up to, to my bedroom because I was tired. And about 30 seconds after I got to my bedroom, I heard the babysitter's voice say, uh, Pastor Philip, and I, I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes in the tone of somebody's voice, it says so much more than just the words say. And I could tell in, the, in, in her intonations that there was a problem. So I went back out of my door, opened my door, went back out. As I went out, I saw her coming up the stairs toward my bedroom with a guy that I'd never seen before. He had her long blonde hair 
in his hand like this, and he had a gun to our head, and another guy behind him coming up the stairs to our bedroom. They started yelling. My kids were asleep in, in, in the room right there, small house, and they started yelling, everyone on the floor, everyone on the floor, we're going to rape all these women, and we're going to take your, your youngest son with us. And I had to make a decision in how I was going to go through that. I had to choose a perspective I was going to have, choose how I, w- how, I was, how I was going to see this, and it had to be done right then. And so I, I looked at him, and I, first of all, I tried to use, you know, the Christian kind of way. You know, I said, listen, I'm a man of God, and this is your opportunity. This is your final warning. You can leave my house now. And uh, he laughed at me. And he said, we know you're Pastor Philip. We know you passed the Light to the Nations Church. We know you just preached. It's Wednesday, and we've been waiting for you to get home. We know all about you. And so get on the floor. We're going to rape all these women. We're going to rape your wife and your daughters, and we're going to take your younger son. And, I, and then I had to make a decision. What, how am I going to go? How, what, what is my perspective going to be? So I stood up, and I said, listen. I'm a man of God. I do not lie. If you touch my wife or my children, I'm going to kill you right now or you're going to kill me. And it had that silence for a second. And then he said, okay, okay, okay. We're not going to touch them. But give me the $100,000. And I said, I, I realized that my strategy had been working. And I said, uh, I'm a man of God. I do not have $100,000. And if I did, I wouldn't keep it at my house. And so they tied us up and they, they searched everything, took my car, took computers, and they took sound system. And uh, later recovered the car the, a couple of days later. But the, the courage to lift your head high in a time of distress and to do the right thing is something we all need. We all need that. And so some of you guys today, we want to pray for you. Some of you are going to be healed of a physical need in your, in, your, in your life. But some of you, I believe that God wants to heal you of a perspective need. Uh, uh, the way your perspective is on every, each and every circumstance. So let me ask you a quick question. Who here would say, I need a healing a real healing in my body. I believe that I know God heals. How many of you would say, I need a healing in my body? Let me see. Lift up your hand if that's you. Amen. 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 I know God heals. I've seen him heal my wife from a circumstance which was a sliver of 1% chance that she'd be like this, and she is. But others of you need to be healed of a negative scaly outlook of every circumstance. How many of you would you say that? My perspective needs to be healed. The way I see things need to be healed. Well, Renee and I want to pray for you. And we want to have some time to, to really lay hands on you and see the miracle happen in your life. How many of you guys are ready for that? So if, if, you, if you need prayer for that or you raise your hand, why don't you leave your seats, come on up here, and, and let's, let's just pray for you guys. Come on, let's stand up right now and, and, and begin to pray. Come up here and we'll, we'll pray for you guys. Come on up.
Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, thank you so much, Father, for your power, Lord, your arm which is not too short to touch and to minister to everyone here, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching every single person, Lord, in this place, Lord. Holy Spirit, teach us to be your partners where we can do what what we are supposed to do, Father. But, Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would look at every circumstance, Father, through your eyes of life, through your eyes of life, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord God, people that need real healings in this place, Lord. You are here to heal, Lord. You are here to heal, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would build our faith, Father. Change our perspective, Lord Jesus. Change our perspective, Lord God. Change our perspective, Lord, that we would see things as you see them, Lord Jesus. In your name, Lord Jesus. In your name.